I'm Scott Abraham from ABC7 in Washington, D.C. You know who it is. Travis Thomas Experience. This is Eric Edholm of Yahoo Sports. This is Mitch Tischler. This is Al Galdi, and you're listening to The Big Douglas Show. All right. Patrick Flynn is in the co-host chair, and we welcome Rob Carlin back to the show. Rob, how are you? I'm good, man. How are you guys doing today? Been great. Very good. Rob, last time we talked, the season was ending and you were moving on to new math. Have you have you mastered new math yet, Rob? <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't know that I really ever mastered the old math. So uh, the new math has still got me a little bit crazy. But, uh, you know, <laughs> you learn something new every day, I suppose. I, I think we hope so, at least. Right. Uh, Rob, I got a bunch of people that follow the podcast for football. We have moved now into basketball and hockey season. A lot of those guys are interested and gals in hockey. And so we have started like a hockey for dummies. Last <laughs> week, we talked a little bit about how the lines are set up and how they rotate. Today, I was hoping we could get into a little bit about defense and how and how it's played with the game yeah I mean I think um, there's so many different styles that come into play and as you can see with the uh, old Barry Trot system and certainly what he's doing more so with the Islanders but when they went on that cup run with the Caps in 2018 he was so protective of their own zone I mean it all changed in you know in early April when they went into that sort of you know one three one um defense and just kind of clogged up that wouldn't let teams in the zone. Peter Laviolette plays a different type of system. He wants his off. He wants his defensemen activating. He wants them pushing forward. In fact, the game last night against the Islanders, the winning goal was Justin Schultz, who's got four points in his last two games. And it works right into his, you know, into his wheelhouse of what he's good at. He wants him activating and moving forward. Laviolette wants, quantity of shots barry trotz wanted quality of shots it's just a totally different mindset that um you know laviolette's had a lot of success with over the years you think back to some of the talented defensemen he's coached over his career you could see where they you know if, if you find that right system and justin schultz was really good then went through a bunch of injuries and down years in pittsburgh and when they signed him i hope there's gas left in the tank and it sure seems like a guy like Schultz playing in this system is finding new life because he's being told what you're good at, do more of that. And they've been very careful to kind of pair defensemen where they want sort of one offensive minded defenseman and one more stay at home defensive guy. And that's being allowed to play to each person's strengths. And I think that's a huge sign of coaching is, is realizing. And, and, and look, it is not knocking Barry Trotz at all. He won the cup. But I always remember Barry Trotz moment the first year he was coaching and he got to camp a little bit late because he was coaching at the World Cup. So when he got to camp, he was introducing himself to some players and we had him mic'd up one day and he went up to Brett Connolly and he said, what do you do well? What's your strong suit? Connolly's like, well, my shot's always been the thing I've been known for. And he said, well, great. Let's work. You know, let, I'm going to let you shoot. I want you doing that and we'll work on the other stuff. But don't hesitate to do what you do best. And I thought, man, that's just great coaching. You know, going to a guy and saying, I'm going to make you as great as you can possibly be, be, that's such a big part of all of it. And so have they 
focused on being more aggressive defensively or for just sure. a little stickier? How do, how do you see that? No, for sure. They, they want defensemen uh, passing the puck to one another, bringing the offense into, you know, into the offensive zone. They want to play a smart game, but a very aggressive game. And, and um, you know, they're still learning. This is where they're at a huge disadvantage, even though they've got Ovi and Kuzi and Backstrom and Wilson and now Zidane Chara and all these like grizzled veterans of the game. They have to untrain themselves from the last six years because Todd Reardon was more of what Barry Trotz wanted. So again, that goes to the quality of shot over the quantity of shots. And now Laviolette wants a much more push forward type of offense and he wants his defenseman just throwing pucks at net. So where for six years they were sort of trained to do one thing. They now have to learn another way to play the game. And, um, you know, look, they're 4-0-3. It's only the second time in their team's history that they've gotten at least a point in each of their first seven games. So has it been perfect? No, they're still learning the system. And they had to deal with all the COVID suspensions and now a couple of injuries, but they keep finding ways to get points. And in a division that's going to be so tight top to bottom, every point's going to be incredibly important. Hey, Rob, um, you had mentioned that they're off to the, the best start um, in their first seven games in franchise history. Um, what would you grade-wise give LaViolette uh, so far? I know it's early. We're not even a quarter of the way in. How would you grade him out um, over the first seven games? Because they seem to get off to really fast starts, uh, like in the Penguins game, um, and they're up, you know, four to two, three to one. Um, but then they hit the skids a little bit in the second period. What, what, what do you make of that so far? It feels like a lot of the Caps teams over the last couple of years, man. <laughs> right. they go, it's amazing to me to have that much talent up and down the lineup, yet there are games where they just go up and down, and the second period has been an issue. And um, I, I wish I had an explanation for it. I, you know, when I used to do the shows with Alan May, I would always ask him that, you know, Alan's going to point to this and point to that and try and explain away. Cause he comes from the player and coach point of view, you know, so we often get into it. Cause I'd be like, uh-huh. No, I get all that, but why do they dip in and out of, you know, they, they shouldn't be. And I, I don't want to say they're uninterested, but they shouldn't be able to, they shouldn't go through those waves during games. So if you're asking for a grade on Laviolette, he's got points. So I'm going to give him a B plus right now. I mean, Absolutely. You know, I, I think that they're still learning with no exhibition and such a short camp. They're still learning what's expected of them. And, uh, you know, I, I love the fact that uh, he gave Connor McMichael a chance to play in a game. I love the fact that now he's dealing with Ovi, Kuzi and Orlov out of the lineup. But I love the fact that he, um, you know, put Sprong in there and gave him a chance, called up uh, Michael Scarbosa, gave him a chance. Uh, Daniel Carr got his first start and got a point on the Sprong goal. So, like, he's giving guys – he's sort of rewarding guys and giving them opportunities, albeit because of suspensions. But I think so far he's been pushing a lot of the right buttons. Do you well, – um, If we set Ovi oh, to yeah, the side – Sure, no problem. If we set Ovi to the side, if this team gets to where they want to go, who's got to be that next guy to really push them forward? The obvious answer is going to be Kuzi. Um, because 2018 playoff Koozie was so incredible and so much fun to watch. So I, I, I don't know that we'll ever see that again unless they get to that height again. If they get deep into the playoffs, I think you might see that guy come through again. But I, I think he is who he is at this point in his career. He's a guy with 
dazzling abilities who, as I was saying before, just dips in and out of games. I think he does get bored during the regular season. And, you know, that's a huge problem, but I think that's who he is. And as much as I love him and I, you know, when he's on and he's humming, I mean, he's incredibly fun to watch. So Ovi, you know, Backstrom, you know, Tom Wilson, you know what you're going to get every single shift from him. And his shifts are so incredibly game-changing that I feel like he's almost a bigger loss than Ovi right now because I, I there's probably been three or four goals this season alone where his forecheck led immediately to a turnover into a goal. And that doesn't go in any stat sheet anywhere. No one gave him an assist on that, but the Caps don't score without Tom Wilson scaring the hell out of anyone on the ice. So, um, but Wilson gives you that every single time. Kuzi's got to be special for the Caps to get back to where they were in 2018. Um, speaking of guys who scare everybody, scare the hell out of everybody on the ice, we obviously have Chara. Um, he's the talk of the town. It's how weird it is to see him in a, in a Caps uniform. Um, what do you think that he brings other than, other than just grizzled veteran experience what type of play does he bring? And is he more of a stay at home kind of guy versus a guy that's going to push the pace up the ice? What, what do you see from Char so far that you like and, and what he brings to the table? First off, I'm with you, man. It is so freaking weird to see him in the Caps uniform. Every time I look out there and he's on the ice, I'm like, that's right. Zdeno Char is on the Caps. Like he's so ingrained in the, you know, the, the black and gold of the, of the uh, Bruins that it's, it's almost hard to see him in a Caps uniform. But I, I think what, what he is, is Brooks Orpic, but a Hall of Famer. You know, I mean, he just gives that leadership where guys look at him and go, look at the shape he's in. Look at how hard he's working. Look at what he does on and off the ice. How can I not give everything I've got when that guy at, what is he, 43 years old, is doing what he's doing? So, you know, he's certainly more of a stay-home defenseman, but with that shot, you know, you never know when it's going to create something. And and that, again, plays into what Laviolette wants. He wants guys just firing the pucks on net. We've seen that a couple of times already this year from Chara. So I, I think more than anything, he's a leader in a room full of leaders. He's a leader, and he's a guy who's going to be on the ice at the end of games. And the other team's going to know when he's on the ice at the end of the games, you know, at six, nine, he's hard to miss, right? <laughs> he's impossible to miss. And he's six, nine, and he's not afraid to use every inch of it. So, yeah. you know, guy, guys are going to get dumped on their butts in front of whoever the goaltender is. And that's a goalie's best friend is knowing that, you know, in, in those moments, the area right in front of the goalie is going to be cleared out by one of the all time greats in clearing out that space. Rob, you mentioned there the goalies. I know that the plan kind of was to use more goalies this year because the games were condensed. Uh, how have you seen the young kids so far? Well, it's funny because everyone would have said, and I thought you were going to say the plan was to go with Ilya Samsonov <laughs> as sort of the starter and Vitek Vanacek will be the spot guy. So if there was 56 games, maybe, you know, uh, Vanage or uh, Samsonov is starting 35 of them and 21 for Vanacek, but Vitek's been really good. I mean, it's hard not to be impressed by what he's doing, and so you know, there's always sort of the what's the thought of the fans and the media, and what's the thought of this brand new coaching staff. And Laviolette, to his credit, has been very clear since he first got here that this is this is a an open competition because. 
he doesn't know Samsonov from last year, and Samsonov only has a small book to go by. So all all you know, exhibition or or preseason long, he kept saying we're going to go with the hot hand, and the way Vanacek's playing. Samsonov's going to have to play well to earn his spot. And that's not to say that he's not good. He's still an, an elite talent and he probably will earn that starting job. I'm just saying that Vanacek has been really impressive and that's going to make the coaching staff say, if he's the better goalie right now. I have no problem going to better guy. They're going to put the best guy on the ice to give him a chance to win on any given night. It's interesting with Vanacek too. I didn't realize this. We had Steve Wino last week, and he would say it, it's surprising with Vanacek because he's toiled around in the minors for a long time. And, and usually, if you've got it, they see it, and it doesn't take that long. Yeah, but sometimes it just takes a little while for a guy to kind of look. He, you know, he had to sit behind some guys there, too. So very quietly, he put together back-to-back All-Star games. He was a really good player at Hershey. And – you know, he just came into his own a little bit later. So, and look, you know, no one's saying that it's Carey Price out on the ice. Like, we're not saying they've got the best goalie in the game. We're just saying that Vanacek certainly looks like he belongs at this level. So, you know, again, open competition is good. It's going to make Samsonov have to be that much better to earn his playing time. And it's going to make them both better. That They're going to be fighting over that spot and fighting over playing time. And there was definitely a feeling of, oh, I don't know, this is a team that wants to win a Stanley Cup. They got two kids in there. And I don't know that we've seen enough yet to feel comfortable on a deep playoff run with these two, but certainly you feel comfortable right now on a night in, night out basis that if and when that time comes, their experience this year is going to help them when they get to that spot. So I think they've been, they've both been, certainly Vanacek has been better than we thought he would be. And that's a great sign for the Caps long term. Yeah, I agree. I, you know, Doug and I always talk about um, just because we're NFL guys, pleasant surprises in the draft when you get, you know, a Terry McLaurin in the second round and and he turns out to be a stud. And I think Vanacek's definitely been a, a pleasant surprise. Um, Verona is also a really good start. Do you see Verona as somebody that could upseat um, Kuzi and be that guy that, you know, gives him that goal scoring ability down the stretch? Yeah, yeah, I think um, I think he's shown like he's going to be a 30 to 35 goal scorer in this league. And the only the only problem I have with Vrana is he's so streaky. And sometimes you see goal scorers are like that when they get going, they're going to pump in a bunch of goals. And then especially for him, I think he's still learning that maturity factor um, where, you know, if he's not scoring, he's going through one of those stretches. Maybe he doesn't fight as hard for a puck along the boards, a little thing that you know, maybe every fan doesn't pay attention to, but certainly the coaches do and your teammates do, you know, maybe he's not going to go into the corners with quite as much jump, you know, to go win a puck in those moments when he's not on, when he's on, he's great. Um, And I'm a huge fan of Jacob Rana and I love his work ethic. He's always the last one out on the ice, always taking shots. He'll, he'll be out there with a bucket of pucks forever after a practice when everyone's long gone and Ovi's probably dressed and out the door already and Vron is still taking shots. Um, so I, I respect that. Um, and it, yeah, I, I certainly am rooting for a kid like that to get an opportunity to, to carry the team for a little bit. And I think he's shown flashes where maybe he could be that guy. Rob, you mentioned that Laviolette's played the kids a bunch. Do you think that's because they're, 
that the team is aging. Uh, you uh, think he suspensions. That, it's you the think suspensions. It's yeah, I mean, look, they, they're without Ovi, Kuzi, and Orlov. So that, and then Tom Wilson gets hurt. And then last night, Eller gets hurt and Backstrom gets hurt. So, you know, believe me, <laughs> he's doing this because he has to. <laughs> this yeah. is not like, you know what? I'm going to give Ovi a night off and let's call Michael Scarbosa back up and get him in the lineup and see what he could do. This is, you know, they got hit with, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if you guys saw Ovi's wife on social media when she was like, we so, did. yeah. So wait, they can, they can be on the ice together. They can hug each other after a goal. They could fight in the corner, you know, sweats going everywhere, but they can sit on the bench right next to each other, but in the hotel room, that's where we're drawing the line. And I, kind of side with her on that one but whatever the rules are the rules that you're supposed to follow the rules they got caught um but yeah they're, he's playing these kids because he has to but you know how often over the years have you seen the penguins call up these kids throughout a season and they come in they contribute like Carr did with with uh sprung last night scoring the goal and then all of a sudden something crazy happens in the playoffs. And one of those kids has to go in and play the game. And now all of a sudden the, the light's not shining too bright because they got some call-ups during the season. So I, the caps for so long, there have been no positions up for debate. They, sure. They might juggle the lines a little bit, but no one's getting in the lineup. They, they have their, their team ready to go. So no one's ever getting chances. So while the injuries suck and the suspensions suck, it is nice to see these kids get some playing time, produce, get praised by the coach, because I have a feeling somewhere down the line, one or two or three of these kids are going to be called upon and need to have to do something in a big moment. And it's times like this, it's going to help them in those big moments. I agree. Do you, as depleted as you, you just mentioned, Backstrom, you know, with the cut to his face and, Lars Eller went out last night. It just seems like they're just dropping left and right. Um, what crazy upside do you see to this team when everybody's back and they're running, you know, full capacity and full tilt, barring any injury? It, it, I mean, it's we're they're in first place right now. Um, yeah, and that's without you know their big stars. What do you? Crazy it's weird. Upside? Because, yeah, it's weird because normally you'd be like, you know what? Maybe in the course of a long season, it's good for Ovi and Kuzi to kind of get a little break. But this is so you know they've been off for so long that I, I have no idea how this is going to affect them. Um, normally, I would say, you know, like the Incredible Hulk, you don't want to make Ovi mad. You, you know, like Ovi could come back and be on a tear when he gets back from this. It would not surprise me at all. So I don't know. Like I said, I'm not looking at the upside of when they come back and where they are. I'm looking at what they're doing without these guys and the opportunities that it's affording other players to get in there and to contribute and to learn and to grow. And like I said, I think at some point, you know, remember that 2018 run and Nathan Walker getting a chance, you know, in Pittsburgh in game six, um, you know, like that, they're going to need moments like that. And um, I think, uh, I think hopefully getting, getting this time early in the season and, and throughout a season, because I have a feeling they're going to deal with a lot of these, things games are so tight on top of each other you know you don't have time you know Eller clearly got dinged he doesn't have time because there's another game tomorrow another game right after that so sit you're gonna have to sit him for a couple of days um okay well that gives a chance for another kid to get into the lineup Rob I know you have a new project that you've been a part of that you're really proud of I hope you talk about it a little bit 
Yeah. So, uh, you know, obviously I got <laughs> unceremoniously dumped from my position with uh, NBC Sports Washington and kind of looking for my next uh, adventure. I don't know if broadcasting is going to be in my future. Um, so I'm part of a company now called Scorebreak. Um, and I don't know if you guys are familiar. I think, Doug, you said you're familiar with Huddle, H-U-D-L. So it's a video stats analytics based program that I, I say it's it's huddle on steroids because you're getting everything instantaneously with huddle you have to film your game then send it off to huddle and you get it back 24 hours later and they've statted it for you and from what I understand uh it's 75 percent right but there's 25 percent mistakes that they've been made along the way our system you're actually keeping the stats live during the game and you could take your ipad off the tripod that's been shooting the game hand it to a coach and he's got a fully statted analytics already there highlights ready to go we've got this thing called an airborne system so if you're on the sidelines like in lacrosse and we've got like 60 percent of d1 men's lacrosse you can watch you could watch the last play right on your ipad because it's streaming live from one ipad to another so it's it's some really exciting technology and um we just signed Damatha basketball and paul the sixth basketball We've talked to a lot of, you know, big programs that are in huddle contracts now that said, got to get out of it. And then let's talk again in the summertime. So, you know, it's one of those things where I talk about, it's a buddy of mine that I know who's the COO of the company. And we, we both got in around the same time. And uh, I said to him, I was like, man, this feels like one of those great things that you hear about from someone else. And you go, man, I wish I was lucky enough to be there for that. This just has that feel of, this could be big. I, I, I will just say this, and this is how I go to sleep at night and I, I am able to close my eyes and not think about everything going on in my life. Uh, there, was, there, was another, um, there was another piece of technology that came along that just did basketball. That was the whole deal. And Huddle saw that they were making their move. So Huddle bought them out for $85 million. They just do basketball. <laughs> so I am going to hold on for dear life to score break and see where this takes us. But uh, yeah, I appreciate you letting me just kind of mention it out there. So if you've got a kid that's coming up in a sport, hopefully instead of uh, sending out your huddle uh, highlights soon enough, you'll be doing it through score break. That's awesome. Rob, you're the best. We appreciate your time today. Yeah, man. It's always fun to talk with you guys. Thanks Take a lot, care. Rob. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, hope, hope you do it again soon. Cool, guys. Thanks, Rob. See you. Yep, take care.